Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for this series we're calling Christmas Crazy. It's in the midst of the craziness of Christmas that Jesus shows up. And when Jesus shows up, he brings love and peace and joy and connection and salvation. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. And before you log off, wherever you're watching from and whenever you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and check in with us there by clicking the check-in at the bottom of the page. We hope that you'll stay to the end. I have a few reminders for you after this teaching is done. But wherever you are and whenever you're watching, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Good morning. Welcome to the beginning of our series called Christmas Crazy. Last year, uh, we were getting ready for uh, a Christmas morning Sunday. Look, tinsel just fell out of my pocket. I don't know where that came from. And uh, I, I saw someone come into worship service this morning, and she was, she was carrying gifts for the angel tree. She had treats for her little kid's class that she was getting ready to do. She was all dolled out and all the Christmas attire for the Sunday morning service and, and obviously hustling and getting ready to drop stuff and came through the door and there I am with my coffee, you know, ready to serve on my, on my tag and, and just all comfortable as can be. And I said, so how you doing, right? And I had that good morning. She's like, ugh, I'm surviving the Christmas crazy. And I went, oh, that sounds like a series. Yeah, we got to talk about that next year. And so that moment, that, that comment, surviving the Christmas crazy, has led us to this series that we're in through the rest of the holiday season. And the series is designed for you if you're a regular attender here at Branch or if you're someone who's new. It's also an opportunity for you to invite others into this Christmas crazy season why? Because that's what we do during Christmas season. We gather with our friends, uh, we go to uh, Christmas parties, Christmas events, and, and if you are anything like me, you are in the beginning, in the launching phase of the Christmas crazy. You're attending events, you're going to activities, whether they're religious or, or secular, you have the work party, the small group party, you have the school thing that's going on. This week, I have gone to not one, but two elementary Christmas concerts. Two. One week. Elementary. All right? You understand what I'm saying? One was full orchestra. Every, every musical instrument in the book, every note in the book that could be imagined was played correctly or incorrectly. Same thing happened with the songs. I've heard more songs about snow this week than I ever cared to. And at the end of the time, they told us to let it go, let it go, let it go. Like that was, that was our week. And it's the, it's the beginning of the Christmas crazy. Now, if you are a first time guest with us here at Branch, I personally just want to say thank you for coming this morning. Whether you're watching on the live stream or you're here with us in person, we are so glad that you've come to this series. Somebody invited you, and uh, we're glad that, that you accepted that invitation. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Branch, and, and uh, we, we are all about uh, loving God and loving our neighbor. 
and we hope that today will encourage you wherever you are in your spiritual journey and that you'll join us again for the rest of the series. We're getting pretty excited about Christmas Eve and this series is going to be a part of our Christmas Eve services for options on that Christmas Sunday and we hope that you guys will come, bring friends, serve and I know Chloe's already talked about that. While I'm talking this morning, if you hadn't yet had a chance to do this, go ahead and fill out your online, your card, whether it's online or in person. We'd love to hear from every single one of you, and uh, we'd love for everyone to check in here this morning. And I personally want to say, I understand right now what it means to survive the Christmas crazy, because on top of the Christmas crazy, right, the two elementary things, right, I get points for that. Like, I get points for that. On top of all that, you have just regular life going on. And, and sometimes regular life is hard, and sometimes it's, it cruises along as planned, and obviously for us, regular life has been difficult. Uh, I just want to personally say thank you for, like, all the cards and the comments and the, I said I wasn't going to do this. Um, it's just meant a lot to us and our family, and um, we... We need our family, and, and you guys are our family. And uh, one thing that you guys have said over and over again is we're here if you need anything. And I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And that brings such great strength and comfort and peace to have your family behind you, uh, your church family behind you in, in times where it gets hard. And so today, we're talking about surviving the Christmas crazy. And, and I'll, I'll tell you... Um, Amidst all of the decorating and the challenges, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be moments where God shows up in incredible ways. Because Christmas is crazy, and it has been crazy from the very first one. I mean, just ask Mary and Joseph, right? Like, they're launching uh, new lives, riding pregnant on donkeys, not finding any room in the inn, and they're having all kinds of craziness happen to them. There's the star in the sky that's out of place and all the other stuff that's happening. And in the midst of that Christmas crazy is exactly when Jesus shows up. And Jesus showed up in the midst of the first crazy Christmas, and he has showed up every crazy Christmas since. Amen? And here we are, still celebrating, still, still talking about how a baby who showed up on the first Christmas has changed the world, and, and we get to participate in reminding each other this one very important fact for the Christmas season. Christmas means God with us. Christmas means God with us. Now, some people say, what are the first Christmas gifts ever given? And most people will launch back to like uh, the wise men and they'll say it was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Those are the first Christmas gifts ever given. And then since then, we've, we've been giving Christmas gifts to each other. Really, the first Christmas gifts were not gold, frankincense, and myrrh because when Jesus showed up on that first Sunday, or that first Sunday, that first Christmas, he didn't show up empty-handed. You see, Jesus showed up on that first Christmas with gifts. He showed up with gifts for you and I. And here's a, here's a challenge that I have for you. I want you to, as you're reading scripture over this Christmas season, every time you see something in the Bible that is something that we have because of Jesus, I want you to, to note that. And look under this tree. Like We have like thousands of Christmas gifts like under here, right? And there's, there's all kinds of like 
wonder, like, what's in the tree? What are these gifts? What do they have? Don't think of these things as some of those toys that you're hoping for in Christmas, right? Like, maybe there's a new set of truck keys, right? <laughs> Cross my fingers. Yeah, I hope that's in there. If you come down Christmas morning and your present is wagging at you, that's going to be a morning, right? You, like, is it a puppy? It's a puppy. Yeah, it's wagging. That would be amazing, right? The, what are the gifts that Jesus brought to us under the tree that we have that we wouldn't have without Jesus? Well, when you read the Bible, you're going to see scattered all over Scripture countless numbers of gifts. You see, when Jesus showed up, he brought us things like light and hope. He brought us his presence. Lo, I'm with you always. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. He brings us help. He brings us love, great joy. He brings salvation to all. Heaven on earth. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The very word, the truth, the I am is a present from God. And so as you read scripture, remind yourselves that Jesus has brought gifts. And in the midst of all the craziness and all the shopping, you will see reminders of Jesus, his presence, and the gifts that he brings all through this Christmas season. Our job is is to be a part of the chorus that points people to Christ through this Christmas season. We remind each other of the incredible gifts that Jesus has given us during the hectic Christmas crazy. And we will be able to pause in certain moments, whether it's walking down the street and seeing the lights hung in the plaza or shopping for a present for our kids or hearing a song on the radio and be reminded of the great God who we celebrate. As you look at the various presents under the tree, remind yourselves that God's gifts to us are countless. Chuck Swindoll, or, or uh, excuse me, James chapter 1 verse 17 says this, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In the midst of all the Christmas crazy, in all the parties and all the friends and all the family, when you find yourself at the end of the tinsel and you're just barely hanging on, remember the countless incredible gifts that you have that have come from the Father of lights. And may the lights of Christmas remind us about our Savior who brings us hope and joy and peace. We're going to look at some of these gifts over the next several Sunday mornings And we want to use some some amazing scriptures to do just that. So if you have your Bibles, we want to remind ourselves of some important uh, gifts this Christmas. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, we're going to look at some reminders that we may need in the midst of the Christmas crazy that we are embracing. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, if you're new to scripture or just beginning your spiritual journey, is this a powerhouse passage. It's one of the best coolest passages in scripture and if you have been someone who knows God and and has been reading your Bible your whole life you will recognize this passage and this morning this passage is going to remind us of some of God's incredible gifts so turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 Philippians chapter 4 starting in verse 4 and I'll read this out loud and you can just read quietly uh, uh, along with me it was marked in the first one it's not marked in the second Here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say what? 
rejoice. Let your reasonableness or your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the peace of God will be with you. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9, there's a couple of things we want to remind ourselves in the midst of the Christmas crazy. And first, we want to remind ourselves this. Remember who has the most to celebrate. Remember this Christmas season, who has the most to celebrate. Now, why should all the non-Christians have all the fun? Amen? Right? For those that aren't believers in Jesus and don't follow God, sometimes they can look at Christians and they can look at us and say, hey, you guys, you guys, it's boring to be a Christian. It's kind of like dull to be a Christian. You guys get together to listen to lectures. I mean, snooze fest already. <laughs> like, why do you, why would you do that? And there's so much that you can't do. You can't dress a certain way. You can't say certain words. You can't eat and drink certain things. Like, there's all these rules that you have to follow. And, and that's not for me. I'm just going to cut loose and live life. And I'm going to have more fun than you. And I say, no way, right? Isn't it true that the Bible says to us that Jesus came to give us life and life more, ready for it, abundant. What does that mean? Christians, you got a reason to party. You have a reason to celebrate. You have more reason than most to sing louder, to dance longer, and to, to enjoy friends and family. Why? Because the God of the universe is with us. God is here on earth, and he has promised to bring us life and life more abundantly. He's promised to bring us joy and hope. He's promised to work everything together for good. He's building a mansion for me in glory, right? I've got God. I've got all the reason to celebrate, amen? Let's go, right? Let's celebrate and go all in when it's time. Let's give God the praise. Let's be the loudest in the room. Let's put our hands together for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like that's, who, who's got more reason to celebrate? Because I know that I once was lost, that I, was, I had no hope, I had no purpose, and I had no chance of saving myself. I, have, I, as a part of this broken world, was wandering aimlessly, led by the cares and concerns of this world. But Jesus Christ came in. The light of the world shone in a dark place, and I received the hope that only can come in the person of Jesus. You see, Jesus is the only one that can save me, he's the only one that can save you, and he's the only one that can save this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Christmas, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Amen? I've got a reason to celebrate. God is here with me. And I've put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Because his rod and his staff, they comfort me. And even though in this world you will have trouble, take heart. Why? God has overcome the world. You see, Christians, we have more reason to celebrate. We have more reason to smile. We have more reason to, to have joy and to be kind and to have patience 
because we have the Savior. So it makes sense. In Philippians chapter 4, it makes perfect sense that he would say to us, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And in case you missed it, again I will say, what's the word? Rejoice. Let's go. Let's celebrate loudly and often our Savior who has saved my soul and offers salvation to this entire world. Maybe you're here this Christmas season and, and for you it's hard to find joy. Maybe you're here this Christmas season and you feel like you're just going through the motions or really what is the purpose of us all? Maybe you have look, been looking for purpose and joy in different places and you've found them lacking. True joy comes from a personal relationship in Jesus. And today, I want to invite you into that relationship. No matter where you are, no matter where you've come from, Jesus is offering you the gift of salvation and you simply need to receive it. And this Christmas can be the Christmas where you receive the greatest gift of all. That's eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe you've looked at other Christians from time to time and you've seen a poor examples of joy. You've seen anger. You've seen hatred. You've seen unkindness. And let me just say, there is no perfect Christian in this world. The only one who is perfect is Jesus. But may we today be a shining example to you of the hope that can be found in Jesus. And hopefully today, as you've been come here to this place, you've seen love and joy from us towards you. Why? Because Jesus says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say rejoice. True joy comes from a personal relationship with Jesus. So we have more reason to celebrate. And then he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. In other words, why shouldn't you have joy? Why shouldn't other people see joy in your life and, and you see your gentleness and your kindness? Why shouldn't that? That should be normal for us. And Christian, when you go through the Christmas crazy, yet you have the joy of the Lord, that's going to stand out. I was watching a video of a baseball game, a series championship on Little League, and the, the pitcher threw the third strike, got the guy out, and they're the champions. The other team, second place. And a guy from the stands of the champion side of the team yelled across the field, how's it feel to be the first losers to the second place team? What a jerk, right? Well, that's what the dad on the other team thought. And he charged across the field, grabbed that guy out of the stands, threw him on the ground, and they got into a fist fight over a baseball game when you're supposed to be having fun. <laughs> None of that is reasonable. And Christians, we're told to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, not go beat out the snot of the person we're mad at. Not throw insults around at other people. We're not supposed to be angry at our neighbor. We're supposed to love our neighbor as ourselves. And when we let the joy of the Lord shine through us, we will act differently. Even in difficult days, we will act differently because the joy of the Lord will be our strength and it'll guide us. And that gentleness, that reasonableness will get someone's attention and they'll say, hey, what do you have? Where does your joy come from? Where does your hope come from? Where does your peace come from? You've unwrapped all the presents. You already know what Jesus gives. And you'll get to say to that person, I've got a perfect Savior in the person of Jesus who has changed my life, and he can change yours too. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. 
So when it comes to the Christmas season, we here at Branch Life Church are embracing the Christmas crazy. Why? Because we've got the most to celebrate. We, we have a reason to wear crazy sweaters and sacred sweaters. Amen? We got a reason to decorate the tree. We got a reason to put on the lights. We got a reason to put a star at the top of it. We've got a reason to set up the nativity set. We've got a reason to give away gifts. That's because Jesus is our joy and he is our hope and he is the reason that we are gathering and celebrating today. When you look at this quote from Chuck Swindoll, it says this, there is no better time of year to enjoy the color that enhances our street. At no other time of year do the faces of our little children glow with such wonder. And there's nothing like the music of Christmas. They're playing our songs in the grocery stores, in the elevators, in the shopping malls, and on every radio station. Joy to the world! The Lord has come. They're talking about our Savior. It's our message on their lips. Have you noticed? Don't miss that. Don't miss that. So let me remind ourselves, man, who's got a reason to celebrate? We do. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. But then all of a sudden, in Philippians, like our instructions from God take a little bit of a turn, right? What's the very next verse say? It then says, don't be anxious, right? Don't be anxious. Well, why? Well, because in the midst of the Christmas crazy, we're going all in to celebrate. We are reminded that our anxious world needs peace. Immediately, we understand that we can be doing good things and get frazzled. We can be adding stress and appointments and logistics and elementary music concerts, right? And religious services and small group gatherings and gingerbread houses and, and all of that rest, hanging the lights and, and doing all the shopping and all of that can start frazzling us. And, and our natural temptation is going to be to lose our joy to the thief called anxiety, and when you start looking at the, the, the stats for what's happening in our world right now, we live in a world that is more anxious, more depressed, and more discouraged than ever. The rates for, for suicide, whether it's among teens or military, uh, former military members, are at the highest level they've ever been. The need for counseling and therapy for, for young adults and for teenagers and for adults for that matter just dealing with anxiety and depression as, as two triggers, as two leading factors, is at the highest demand. We, we don't know of a counseling center or a counseling agency that isn't booked and has a waiting list. And, and there is a regular call for us here at Branch Life Church to come and step alongside families, come and step alongside kids, come, come alongside marriages that are struggling with anxiety, with panic attacks with depression, with discouragement, being overwhelmed by the things of this world. Because things are kind of heavy right now. Over the last uh, week or so, it's, it's been a challenge for our family. Obviously, with my dad passing away and going through everything that you go through, we didn't have time to watch the news. And this week, it, it, things kind of got some days we had a little bit of a rhythm. And I found myself being like, oh, I can watch the news. And so I clicked on the news to see what was happening in the world and watched it for about three minutes and clicked it right back off. Like, I'm like, I don't need this. I do not need this right now. Like, everybody's angry. Everybody's fighting with each other. Everybody's yelling. Everybody's stress level is like, yeah, and then some. And there's things that are out to get you and kill you and rob you. And, and there's, there's dangers around every corner. And, and that's the world we live in. 
And you wonder why young couples are like, I don't know if I want to have kids. Why? Because it's not a wonderful world anymore. And we start looking at, at what the, the TV screen and the news channels are telling us. We start looking at, at what our, our phones are telling us. And everyone else is having fun. And everyone else has a, a Christmas sweater. And, and everybody else has family that they're getting together with. And I, I'm scrolling through and it just doesn't match up. And, and, I, and before you know it, hours are gone. And I haven't done anything that I'm supposed to do. And now I'm behind. And all of a sudden, you can start to feel like everything is happening in your body. And your mind is racing. And your heart is pounding. And, and, and panic. And danger and oh no like what am I going to do there's wars and and more wars going on there's disease and sickness there's thieves and robbers our anxious world needs peace and so many of us see all that's happening in this world and we feel this overwhelming anxiety come into our lives and and we don't know what to do with it and and we all know that anxiety doesn't help anything, right? Like, like uh, Charles Spurgeon says, this anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it only empties today of its strength. Why worry? Worry is simply suffering twice. Yet this tends to become where we naturally go in and amongst ourselves. And so Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 9 says, let me remind you, rejoice. Why? Because joy is awesome. And don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. And then you go, well, thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. It's kind of like having a coach that says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put the ball in the net. Go. And you're like, awesome. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Bible. Don't be anxious. How, how do I just not be anxious? Do I just decide not to be anxious? Do I just decide not to feel that way? Do I just decide to ignore all the things out in this world that are going to get me? And the Bible is beautiful because it doesn't stop at the command not to be anxious. I think this yes is a command. It's also an encouragement. It's a, it's a, it's a purpose statement in your life. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. And you don't have to be anxious. Anxiety doesn't have to be your story. Well, how do we do that? Philippians lays it out for us. It says... Don't be anxious about anything, but, right, here's the plan, here's the game plan, I'm going to call the play on the field, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. There's three words for prayer here, right, and one direction, prayer, word number one, prayer, word number two, supplication, word number three, request, and direction is with thanksgiving. That's a powerful play, right? That's a powerful statement that you have in your life right now to survive the Christmas crazy, no matter what's going on. If you, if you run this play, and I'm going to talk about this play in a second, the result will be that then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You will have a peace that doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not logical. It's not, it's, not, it's not fitting into the regular rhythm of the equation, right? This is extraordinary. This is supernatural, and it comes from God. And this is something we know from the Old Testament, right? Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own what? Understanding. You don't have to have the answers to the problem. You don't have to know how the story's going to end. You don't, know how, you don't have to know if there's going to be world peace. You just need to know the one who brings peace, right? And God says you don't have to understand it. And I'm still, in spite of no answers, going to give you peace. And you will be okay. That's what happens with 
prayer, supplication, and requests. And the peace of God that doesn't make sense will guard your hearts and your minds. And if anyone has ever experienced anxiety, you know that it's a heart and mind issue. When you start to panic, when you start to realize like there's concerns, you start asking yourself, what if? You know that in that moment, literally, physically, your heart begins to race. And your heart begins to pound, and sometimes it feels like it's going to pound outside of your chest. And you're feeling that pounding over and over and over again, that racing, and, and, you, and you become flush, and you become lightheaded, and you start breathing quicker than you should be breathing, and it gets harder and harder to catch your breath. And there's something in that moment that says, I need a peace, not just a peace that I understand from afar, but a peace that actually comes in and causes my heart to relax. And you know that with anxiety comes a, a, a measure of, of mind battle. With everything that we're going through over the course of this week, losing our dad, there's a lot of like trouble getting the mind to be still. And you start, you start looking back and you start saying, well, what if? What if we had done this? What if it was different? What if, what if, what if? And, and you start looking forward and you're going, well, what's going to happen? Where, when, how? And, and what, what, what's the problem? Who's going to solve these problems and take care of these logistics? And, and both of those things are happening, and they're happening in the same moment, and your mind just starts racing. And, and as soon as, for me, as soon as I get to a quiet place, and I have two quiet places, driving my truck and getting ready to fall asleep. Third one, waking up in the morning. When I'm in those quiet places, that's when my mind starts to go, whew. And there's no rest for my mind. And in that moment where my mind is starting to race, and it races so much that it even makes it difficult to sleep, right? I need peace. I need a peace that's not just far away. I need a peace that's not just written in a book. I need a peace that's actually going to come in, and it's going to cause my mind to rest. How do I get that peace? Well, the Bible says it's going to be through prayer, supplication, and request. I want to give you a kind of assignment for your small group or for your family this week. And I want you to look at these three words in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and try to understand them in depth. Because it's on purpose that God uses three words. He didn't just say, hey, go pray. He said, I want you to pray. I want you to, to, to use supplication. And I want you to give requests. Three different layers of the same activity. And here's just a quick thing what you're going to find. This kind of prayer, these steps, is the antidote to anxiety. Now, now hear me. There are moments where all of us are going to need help with anxiety in our lives. There's moments where we all are going to need counselors. There's moments where physically we're going to need medication. That's absolutely true. But for our spiritual and emotional well-being, God says, listen, I have an antidote for you. And that antidote includes prayer, supplication, and requests. And when you look at these three words, you're going to find something along these lines. First of all, prayer. Prayer in its, in its fullest sense, in its most simple form, is entering into the presence of God. It's communicating with God, being in his presence. Prayer in and of itself is an act of worship. It's worshiping God. Here I am to worship. And when you are praying, you're stepping into the presence of God, into a sweet moment of communion with him. Now, when you are anxious, your anxiety is going to tell you to do the opposite. 
Your anxiety is not going to tell you to run towards God and towards God's presence and towards God's people. Your anxiety is going to tell you to isolate. Your anxiety is going to tell you to separate. Your anxiety is going to tell you to stay away. And what God is saying when he says to pray, he's saying do the opposite of what your anxiety is telling you to do. Run to the presence of God and run to the people of God. That's what you need when you're battling anxiety. That's the antidote. Don't separate from your small group. Don't leave your your spiritual family behind. Don't not participate in worship on Sundays. You need to go all in with those things. That's where you're going to find true help. And so when we enter the presence of God, we're coming into a spirit of worship and communion with Him that that fixes the problem of isolation and separation. Now, once we are in communion with God, He says, I want you to do that with supplication. Well, what is supplication? Supplication in its essence is a humble posture. Supplication is is putting yourself in a posture to receive from God, not to give to God. Now, here's the problem with a lot of my prayers that are absent supplication. I think I'm pretty good at telling God what to do. I have a lot of suggestions for God. I actually keep a suggestion box, and every time I come up with a new idea for God, I stick it in the box, and then, and then I open the box when it comes time to pray, and I say, God, let me go through the cards here for you. I've got some answers for the questions you've got. I don't particularly like so-and-so over there. They're annoying me. Can you make them move to Colorado? Thank you. I think that'd be a good idea. I would like my son to become a very wealthy doctor. That would be awesome. God, thank you for that. Uh, God, I'd like a brand new truck, and it needs to be dark blue, but preferably four-wheel drive, because you know winters can get crazy around here. Thank you for that. And right, and, and I'm tired of this pain. I would like it to go away. Thank you for that. I don't want to be sick anymore, Lord, so I would like you to heal that. Thank you very much. God, I would like a new puppy for Christmas. Thank you so much. And an iPhone 15. Thank you, God. Thank you. Now, my prayer time was great, right? No, no. Prayer does not need to be me telling God what to do. Prayer, supplication is me hearing from God. God, what do you want me to do? God, how can you speak into my life? God, how can you give me direction? We've got to stop being God's directors and allow us to be directed by him. And so God, when we come in a spirit of supplication, we say, God, I'm going to kneel before you. I'm going to be in your presence. And I just simply want in this moment to receive from you your will, your word, your peace. And here's what happens, right? Here's what happens to your heart rate. Here's what happens to your mind. You do not need to know what to say. You don't need to have the whole thing planned out and have a 50-minute lecture for God. You can simply come into his presence and say, Lord, I don't know even what to say right now. All I know is my heart is racing and my heart is pounding and my mind is racing and I need to enter into your presence. I need to enter into your worship. I need to enter into this moment. I need to kneel down before you, God, and I need you to calm my breathing. And God, in this moment, because you are God and I am not, I want to breathe out pain and breathe in healing. I want to breathe out sorrow and breathe in joy. I want to breathe out anxiety. God, and I want to breathe in peace. Lord, I want to breathe out control and breathe in your presence. And then in the, in the moment of supplication, and do this with me, just bow your head and close your eyes. 
And don't try to tell God anything in this moment. Simply breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. God, thank you for meeting us here. With every breath, God, we worship you. Lord, with every breath, we thank you. And what happens in this moment to your heart rate? What happens to this moment to your mind is the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is guarding them both. Now the third word, you can look back up, is request. The third word is request, and that's where we take our needs to God, and we say, God, I need you to help my friends be with the, be with the Park family during this season. Lord, we want, you to, we want to ask that you would bring us a, a power to invite people to Christ during this Christmas season. Lord, we ask that you would do more than we can ask or imagine, right? And you bring those requests to God, not to tell God what to do, but to simply lay them at your heat at his feet because he's the only one that can do anything about it anyway. And you lay these requests to God and you then have the antidote to anxiety. A gift. A gift of peace that comes only in this season. The gift of peace that comes from God and from God alone. You see, we remind ourselves in the midst of the Christmas crazy that the world needs peace. The world needs peace. And the way that we get true peace is through knowing, loving, and following Jesus. That's why this passage ends with a power verse. This, this is a verse, man, that's a life-changing verse. If we can do these things, rejoice, pray, and then go with Philippians chapter 4.8. If we Philippians 4.8 life, man, it's going to be a life changer. Philippians 4.8 says simply this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and commendable and excellent and worthy of praise. What's the next five words? Think about these things. It's four words. Think about these things. And the question is, what are you thinking about? What do you think about most? What's the thing that is running through your mind? What's the thing that you, you're focusing on? And if you are a natural, living, breathing human being, your natural tendency is going to think about the thing that is bad, the thing that hurts, the thing that's painful, the thing that is lost, and the thing that is dangerous. That's where your mind is going to go. Now, your mind has to think about those things. That's something that does need to be addressed. But what God is saying is he's saying, listen, you need to think about it. That's a request. You make it known unto God and then let it go. Don't dwell on it. Don't become entangled on it. Your mind needs to settle on so many other things. Because in the same day that there is pain, there's also hope. In the same day that there is darkness, there's also light. In the same day that there is danger, there's also a savior. And when we focus on all of the negative and the bad, we miss the blessings and the gifts. And God says, don't miss the gifts. 
Don't miss the God moments. Don't, don't miss the presence that he's giving you. Don't miss the protection that he's providing you. And when you settle your mind, what I want you to do is I want you to think most on the gifts from God. It's true that five minutes can ruin your day. It's also true that there was 23 hours and 55 other minutes in that day where God did amazing things, where you received breath from the Lord and you have another day to live, where you have been given light, where you have been given life, where you have been given friendship and companionship and hope, and those are the things he asks us to dwell on. And if we can focus our minds on the true and honorable and pure things in life and think about these things, and then we can remind ourselves what we've learned and what we've received and what we've heard in Christ Jesus and put them into practice, then, then the God of peace will be with you. And isn't that what Christmas is all about? God with us. In the next few moments, I want to just allow us to worship together. I need it. And maybe you need it too during this crazy Christmas season. We're going to just be still. And I want you to either just breathe. Breathe in and breathe out. Pray as Pastor Scott prays. Listen to the words of scripture. Listen to the song that is sung. And allow these moments to be moments where we rejoice always. We're anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication, we let our requests be made known under God, unto God so that the peace of God can reign in our hearts this Christmas season. As we enter into a time of, of prayer and reflection, I want to invite, if we have some of our prayer team members that are here, we're going to do something a little different. If you could head to the back. Um, if you're here today and uh, you need some peace in your life and you're just like, I don't even have the words to say and you'd like to pray with somebody, uh, you, can, you can slip back and Lance would be happy to pray with you or some of our others. Uh, we'd, we'd be happy to do that. Uh, some of the, the great Christmas verses highlight Jesus' identity as our source of peace. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government, of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And at the end of that verse, it says, The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will do this. God will bring us peace. Jesus' ministry then is characterized by peace, and he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. I want to encourage you in these moments uh, of silent prayer to enter in and ask God for his peace to be made real in your life. Let's enter in. God, meet us in this moment. We're aware of your presence with us. May your peace fill the circumstances of our life. God, as a congregation, we come before you 
and we entrust the circumstances that are calling out to anxiety and worry. Father, we need your peace for our broken hearts, our sorrows, and our disappointments. Lord, for the things that are clamoring for our attention, whether stressful and negative, burdensome, or exciting and joyful and hopeful, God, we need your peace. Heavenly Father, we entrust our very lives to you. You are great and able to control everything. We don't have to worry about it. God, help us to remember your presence with us. May your peace so characterize our lives that during this crazy time that people would be drawn to you because of the very character that we're representing. Not that it's our own, but that it comes through Jesus, the one who came to give us peace. In whose name we pray, amen. Man, I hope that talk was an encouragement to you and we have one special request for you. No matter where you are or when you're watching, we'd love to hear from you. Go to branchlife.church and click the check-in link at the bottom of the page and let us know what this talk has meant to you. It would be a giant encouragement to us. And I hope that you survive the craziness of Christmas. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a very Merry Christmas. We'll see you next time.